Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chick Snowship podcast. As you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about and share stories about women who have reinvented themselves, who continue to reinvent themselves and to learn and grow as, you know, inspiration and motivation for all of us to keep doing the same thing. So with me today, I have Ann Zuckerberg, who is started a really cool business in her 50s after, you know, this is like her second career in her 50s and continues to learn and grow into her 70s, having recently just started a really cool podcast. So we're going to dig into her story and so inspiring. So welcome, Anne. I'm so glad you could join us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited as well. So first of all, to my listeners, I'm, I, for those of you who don't see this on video, I'm watching Anne and I'm like, there's no way you're in your seventies. There's no way. (laughs) I guess all that growth and learning keeps you young, huh? (laughs) Definitely. And to tell you the truth, I think it's all energy. I think when you have energy, people don't really see your age. They actually see the energy that you're emitting. And I don't think of myself, I have to keep reminding myself that I'm 72. Uh, So I tell everybody because, you know, when you get to be my age, you forget a lot. (laughs) So I tell people I'm 72. And I look in the mirror and say, is it possible? But it is. You know what? I do the same thing all the time. Like people ask me my age and I actually have to think about it and maybe do a little bit of math to figure out how old I really am because like it's almost become so irrelevant to me. And I love that you just brought up energy. Like this is the topic we could riff on for a while because when you are following your passions and doing what you love and like challenging yourself, you do emit a very different energy. Like there's a lightness about you that literally makes people question your age. So true. I think, and and part of it is because if you live life with the idea that there's always possibility and you're excited about everything that comes around the next corner, then it's a totally different experience because you're not sitting at home saying, oh, I'm just too old. I can't do that. I'm just too old. Yeah. And for me, because of the business that I'm in, I have to lift boxes that are 15, 20 pounds on a regular basis. And every time I pack my inventory, I think I'm too old to do this. I can't keep doing this. How long is, how long am I going to be able to do this? But then I do it and I don't think twice. I think it's the idea that there's always possibility Yeah, that keeps me going. Plus, to tell you the truth, there's so much to learn. Yeah, that, you know, that's the secret to life. Honestly, I truly believe that I will never stop learning until I take my last breath. Like there's always something to learn, something new, right? So let's dig into your story a little bit because, you know, you had a career 
And then you started a business in your mid fifties, which is flourishing. And now you are going down the road of podcasting, which I think is so awesome. So tell us a little bit about kind of that shift, you know, or your life, that shift in your career and how you got to kind of where you are today. It was an interesting shift for sure. I mentioned once before to you that my mother had a thriving business. Her name was Edith. And she had an amazing business. And my grandmother worked for her and my grandfather worked for her as well. He did all the billing manually. And my grandmother also worked in the store. And so she was known by a lot of people. Uh, Her store was in Princeton, New Jersey. It was amazing the people who came into her store and met her and she was really dynamic. And so all my life, what kind of a store was it? I'm just curious. It was a lingerie shop. Oh, a lingerie shop. Okay, cool. Yes. Edith's lingerie. I mean, she was, it was incredible the number of people she met. So anyway, I was growing up, I was known as Edith's daughter. My grandfather was Edith's father. My grandmother was Edith's mother. And I joked that our dog was Edith's dog. We didn't have, we weren't people. We were just extensions of Edith. When I was. I got a job working for Bambergers, which is now Macy's. It was part of a college program. And a woman came into the store and she said, what are you doing here? You're Edith's daughter. Why aren't you in the store? And I told her I was part of a college program. So it was very, very interesting growing up. So then what happened was my mother ended up becoming very ill. I eventually took over the store. And by that time, I was already fifth. Well, I was 48 when she died and I was going into my 50s and I saw a product. And at that point in my life, it was okay. I don't have anyone around me saying, no, I'm 50 years old. My life is over. Basically, that's what I was thinking. Mm. Um, I'm old. Here's an opportunity. It'll never come up again. So I'm just going to jump for it. And that's what I did. I saw a product. I thought maybe I could do better. I ended up meeting someone who said he could help me. And I took everything I had and dove in head first and didn't think twice. Yeah. Like what was the, I'm very curious. What what was the product? I saw some modesty nipple covers and I thought Mm -hmm. that I could do better in that the material that they were made out of wasn't great. I ended up meeting an engineer who worked in design and we met and created the product. And I said, okay, fine. I have the product now, but I want to manufacture in the United States. So that created my business. I ended up getting an, my first mold was an aluminum prototype mold. And then I ended up getting into a double cavity steel injection mold. So it's truly a business. So it was an interesting transition for sure. So you, you know, you're, you take over the store from your mother who is sick and passes. So you're now running Edith's lingerie. Is that what it is? And were were you, 
like, did you feel like that was your business at that point? Or were you just like, I'm just going to do this until I figure out what's next? Or like, what was that kind of like inheriting? Like, I can imagine that, you know, like you said, nobody had their own identity, like you're Edith's daughter. And then all of a sudden you're now like running the, the show. Like, what was that like for you? Like, did you feel a sense of ownership for it? Or was it just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to mind this for a while until I figure out my own thing? Well, it was really interesting my mother always said, someday this business is going to be yours, which w- it turned out to be true, but she didn't buy the building. So mm-hmm. because of the way the rent was structured, I could not sustain it. it, mm-hmm. it the timing was bad right. and I had an escalating rent structure. So my days were numbered no matter what. Right. So it just so happened that before I ended up closing, I had veered off into this product. Right. Okay. And that actually saved me. And sometimes things happen and you don't know why, but they happen and you just run with it because you have no choice. Right. So even, I guess when I took over the business, yes, my mother was still a part of me, even though she had passed, but the name of the business was Edith's. The name of my corporation is Edith's. Mm. So she's still with me. So is your business now exclusively these nipple covers? Is that like, did like you marched into the online world, right? Like basically selling them online as far as I understand. And is this now like your sole business? Uh, yeah, I do some wow. other things on the side, but it is my business. What ended up happening, which was really interesting. So I had a product and because I was in the lingerie space, I did trade shows. Mm. And so I moved into that world. But then everything changed. So a lot of the small stores started going out of business. Right. Amazon started growing. Right. And so I ended up having to, my business evolved. And what ended up happening was that I ended up finding people or people found me who are Amazon resellers Mm. and they already have businesses on Amazon. So my product is available through Amazon. I do a good business that way, but these are other small operations that have created a niche in that space and they do it well. They do it really well. And I think one of the misunderstandings about Amazon is that you always think that there are only big box stores and they're huge mm-hmm. operations, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of small businesses that, that support do phenomenal it. business on Amazon. Yeah. So, you know, you're at the age of 50, you are now marching into a whole new business, like let alone, like not, not in the, I mean, in the online space. Right. What was that like? Like, did you did you have a hard time navigating that? Or like how did you find your way through it? Because I can't even imagine starting a product-based business online. Like, <laughs> well, that's interesting as well. I was still working for my mom when all of a sudden a lot of stuff was available or growing on the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember writing an email to a boyfriend and it took a day to get the response, but I could see that businesses were going to grow on the internet. And there was a company, I don't remember the name of it, but they offered an opportunity for small businesses to create a landing page or a website. 
And I said, that's what I need. So I jumped into that with both feet, thinking that I would have sales for the store. This was before I ended up having a product. So I was already interested in the possibility of internet marketing before it was really popular. Mm, So I jumped into that and I had a presence, but I didn't sell anything. Mm -hmm. So now, several years later, I have a product and the internet is growing, growing, growing. And as it grew, I had different websites. So I created one website, then I had somebody build a website for me. Then I went back to doing it myself. So all the whole time I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, fortunately, I never said no. I saw a conference. I saw this. I saw that. I said, okay, fine. Maybe I'll learn something. And that's what happened. That's mm. totally what happened. So and then are- I learned about funnels and I learned about landing pages. And now I'm in a totally different space altogether and still trying to learn. I spoke to somebody recently and we had a conversation three years ago about bots. I still don't understand what a bot is, (laughs) but who knows? Maybe someday I will. Yeah. And I love what you're saying because, you know, so often when we find ourselves in a place where, you know, we want to like chase a dream or start something new or, you know, like step out of our comfort zone, like we, we hold ourselves back. I don't know this about that. I'm to this, I'm to that. I'm not enough of this. I'm not enough of that. When, you know, the reality is like, those are stories we tell ourselves, but if we just, you know, can put them aside for a second or to at least challenge those stories for a second and do like you did and just be like, okay, I'm just going to jump in and see where this goes. Right. Like we find out things about ourselves that we didn't even know. And I like, this has been true in my case for sure. Like, you know, starting, like starting my own business is like, wow, I did not know I had that in me. Right. I can't even tell you how many times I've said that or, wow, I just really knocked that belief out of the park. (laughs) Right. And that sounds like exactly what you were doing. It's just like, okay, well, I'm just going to go do it. (laughs) And that's what happened. Now, I should say that both my mother and my grandmother, my mother was very creative and my grandmother had a drive that you just couldn't believe. Her mother took my great grandmother took over her husband's business, I think, in the 20s. Wow. They were both, uh, my grandmother was very, very driven. But as I started getting older, the proverbial um, move outside of the box, you know, think outside the box. Mm -hmm. And I used to joke, what box where I didn't see any box. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got to be 50, there was no real true box anymore. Right. So what I've learned come to understand is that risk is is questionable. Mm. And so we're very often we fear what may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. And you get to a certain point in your life and you say, okay, fine, maybe this is scary to me, but it's not going to kill me. Right. And what are the possibilities? What are the pros? What are the cons? And it becomes a lot more attainable when you look at the world that way. So I wake up in the morning and say, okay, fine. What's coming at me today? What can I learn? How do I move forward? And I spoke to somebody recently and mentioned the fact that 
many years ago, I went to a film series at the School of Architecture in Boston, and they showed a series of Charles uh, films made by Charles and Ray Eames. Uh, Eames created the Eames chair. They built, they designed a house. And then when the materials arrived on the property, they decided they didn't like their design. They wanted to redesign the house. So they used Mm -hmm. only the materials that they received and created another house. And that's how I look at the world now. It's okay, fine. Here is the problem. What are the possibilities for a solution? Mm. And my whole being has changed. And it changed after 50. I just need to pause on that for a second because so much of what you just said is just like so core to what I have learned and, you know, like what I believe with 100% of my being. It's like, and it goes back to what we were talking about at the start about energy, right? So if you are mired in the problem and, oh, I can't do this because, and you're looking at the limitations of, and, you know, you can only see what you don't know, that is a really heavy energy. And it's literally an energy that will close you off as opposed to, you know, like you, it's like, okay, well, what's coming at me? How do I make the best of it? What do I need to learn? Right. Which is again, very open and light energy. And in that space, like it just allows things like solutions, opportunities, and like whatever it is that we need to unfold in front of us. Right. Like it's so powerful like that shift in attitude is so, so powerful. And I've seen this in my own life as well, like on my own journey, a hundred percent. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's so true. So in doing that, I ended up learning about funnels. I learned about all of these online applications, which when I was in high school, I learned how to type on a manual typewriter with no electricity. (laughs) And then I ended up in an IBM Selectric. And there was also a Xerox 800 in there. (laughs) I love it. The crazy part was with the Xerox 800, everything was on magnetic tape. And Mm. years later, I ended up being a secretary. And well, when I learned how to use the Xerox 800, I was a secretary and I, I was working for a law firm and they get, they were thrilled because I knew how to use this typewriter basically with these mag tapes. And so they give me a box of tapes and it turned out that over time, all of, they all disintegrated. So none of the information was on the, on these cassette tapes anymore because they were magnetic and they had all dissolved. So it's incredible how far and how life has changed. Yeah. Reading books on a computer, reading books through Kindle. I mean, it's amazing. Is there a book like business book or personal development book or something that you've read that like has impacted you on this journey? Yeah, a lot. And now what I've been doing is listening to books uh, through Audible. My favorite. I love listening to books. Love it. So, and I listen to a lot of business books through Audible. So I can't, I'm trying to put my finger on one of them and I'm having difficulty, but they've been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, One of the people who I really admire now Uh, who I follow is uh, Steve Sims. Mm. He wrote a book uh, entitled Blue Fishing. 
And he, he writes about being, having a personal connection and how that there are ways that you can help people that you absolutely have no idea how it's going to work out, but you can move in that direction. Mm-hmm. So I listened to a lot of, a lot of his stuff. I've listened to his book, Gladwell's books. Right. I listened to, I listened to books in the car. Oh, that's my favorite which, thing to do. Which really kills me now because now I have to think about gas and pricing and all of that. So, <laughs> but then again, it's an investment in my, in, in my future, in my business. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, for me, there's been times where I have actually sat in my garage in my car because I'm listening to a book that's so good. I just want to be with it for a bit longer. Right. And it'd be like, uh, my partner would be like, why aren't you coming in the house? Cause I'm listening to something. I'll be in, in a few minutes. Like why are you <laughs> sitting in the garage? Right. But here's the thing. Like one thing I discovered about myself is how, um, how I consume and learn from audio versus reading is so vastly different. Like I had listened to books on audio that I have actually physically read. And I'd be like, I did not know that was in that book. Why did I not hear that? Right. Like it's like a completely different method of cons- of consuming information for me. And I find like, I find that I consume it best. Like I learn it best by listening while I'm doing something else. So if it's cooking dinner, walking the dog, driving, like whatever those things are, I, I'm a huge, huge fan. <laughs> I am too. And the books that I've, I've listened to actually, because I listen to a lot of business books, mm-hmm. those books, I probably would not read cover to cover. Yes. that's. I so would true. probably pick and choose. Yeah. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> and now what I do is I listen to certain books and then say, okay, fine. This author is giving me information that's in the hard copy. So then I go out and get the book so that I can look at the references and see pieces, parts yeah. of the book that are there that can only be consumed in hard copy. Okay. That's, I, that's what I did recently. I do the same thing. Like I will go after listening to an audio book, I will go buy the hardcover. Then I will go through like and highlight things that I want to, things that I want to be able to refer back often. And it's too hard to find in an audio uh, track, but I can be like, oh, look, I'm bookmarking it on this page. And then I can flip back to that. Like there's so many books that I have done that. So I think that's amazing. It's an amazing way to learn, actually. It is. It is. I think a lot of the way we are, you know, the way we are brought up and the way we are taught in school and stuff like that is that there's only one way to do things. Right. And, you know, when I discovered that about myself and I was my late forties, maybe early fifties, when I discovered that, oh, wow, I actually retain information so much better through audio. And that was never given as an opportunity for me to learn in any other way, in any other setting. Right. But allowing, and I think this is another important thing is like getting to know ourselves and getting to understand how we learn and consume information best is so important for our learning. Right. Like that was such a game changer for me. Like I, I, yeah, I can't even, I can't even say it was a true game changer for me too. And I had a stepmother who was a, a teacher and it was her way or the highway. Mm. And she had this thing about books and holding. When we talked about Kindle, she said, oh, but I need to hold a book. I need to mm-hmm. hold a book. And I had visual problems growing up. Mm. And what I've realized is that when I can increase the font size 
it makes it a lot easier for me to read. Yeah. So when I discovered Kindle, wow, that was a game changer. And it isn't that I can't read, but a much better experience if the font size is a bit bigger. Yeah. Then I discovered audio and thought, wow, this is like the best of the best. Yeah. So, and then I discovered podcasts and that was even better. Yeah. Because then I can listen to all of these different people for different periods of time, get to know about people, and then go back and look them up and find out more. Yeah, that's so true. The whole world has just so expanded since I was young. There's just so much out there. Well, even just listening to you talking about the journey through technology, right? Like, like you said, from the typewriter, you know, the manual typewriter all the way up to, you know, where we are now with like, I mean, we have computers in the palm of our hands every single solitary day with our cell phones, right? Like even like keeping up with the the technology, like, you know, the number of people that I hear say, oh, you know, I can't learn that now because, you know, I'm going to stick with this, right? (laughs) Because this is all I know when, you know, we just don't give ourselves a chance to keep expanding. Like we are, It's physically possible. It's our mental state that keeps us from taking those steps to go forward because our brain doesn't just shut down. We don't just stop learning because, you know, we get to a certain age, right? It's like how we think about learning that changes. It's true. It's, it's so true. What we think about learning. I know that we've talked before about dreams. Mm -hmm. What are the possibilities? What are you dreaming? Yeah. And When we were young, we looked at clouds and saw different figures in the clouds and different characters, and we could imagine. Mm -hmm. And that's still possible, but sometimes we forget. Yeah. So I embrace it all and think, okay, fine, today is today. I have no idea what's going to happen. And now, (laughs) recently... I've been told that I need to learn about reels and TikTok and short, short form video. And so, okay, (laughs) what do I do with it? How do I use it? And what's going on here? And then, of course, I've jumped out in the rabbit hole where I sit in front of my iPad and do absolutely nothing because I'm watching all of these mini reels. Okay. I am so with you. I... (laughs) I will admit it. I have a mental block against reels and TikTok. Like just, first of all, I watch some of them and I'm like, I don't even understand this. Like, you know what I mean? And literally the other day I said to myself, I'm like, okay, get with the program here, you know, and I'm still not sure that I'm hundred percent going to go there. Cause I'm like, is it necessary? But I do want to learn about it. And I do see some that are really well done that I was like, oh, I could do something like that, but I have yet to actually jump two feet into it. But I think, you know, the important part is, is like, you know, as you're following the trends of things and where things are going is to also understand like what's important for me and what's not. Because the other thing, you can be chasing your tail for like days on end, right? Like, and getting lost in all kinds of things and lose the plot, right? Oh, it's so true. And one of the great parts is that you can decide what you want to follow and what you don't want to follow. Yes. Yeah. Um, But you can also decide there are topics that maybe you 
would never be interested in, but you dip your toe in and say, okay, fine, let me learn a little bit about this or a little bit about that or listen to a podcast or even listen to pieces of a book where it's information that you don't really want to learn a lot about, but knowing a little about it is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's very exciting. So here you are running your day-to-day online business. <laughs> I mean, and like that in itself is running a business day-to-day. It's got its challenges and it's busy. Like what inspired you then to start going down the podcast route, like starting your own podcast? It was a total accident. Two years ago, I, so let me backtrack a little. I have a product, mm. but I ended up getting married when I was 56. That's right. Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about that some more. (laughs) Who knew? So I moved to Pennsylvania and I didn't know anyone. And I said, okay, fine. How do I get to know people? Well, one of the ways to meet people is through networking. Mm -hmm. But when you have a physical product and you're wholesaling it to stores, networking can be a challenge. Mm -hmm. Because you meet people, but they don't own businesses. So they're, you know, you're wholesaling. So I ended up uh, joining a networking organization. But in order to do that, I ended up signing up with a multi-level company. Mm -hmm. Because it was my gateway into networking. Right. So that's what I did. And then I joined, so I joined this one uh, networking group, and then I joined another networking group. And two years ago, I met a lady named Cammie, and she was doing some coaching, and it was just a casual meeting, and that was two years ago. Well, about two and a half months ago, she ended up speaking at a networking organization called eWomen Network, and it was a virtual meeting. And I said, I know Cammie. I've met her. I met her two years ago in another networking group. So she has created her own podcast school. Mm -hmm. So I called her up. I said, I'd like to be a guest on some people's podcasts. And she said, well, I can't really advise you a lot on that, but I've just started a new session of my podcast school. Would you be interested? And I said, okay. That, that sounds good. <laughs> and it was just that casual. And it turned out it was 30 days. So 30 days from start to finish. Who had time to think about what could possibly happen? Right. I walked into class one day, 30 days later, I had a podcast. And in between, it was like a whirlwind of how to learn about something you don't know anything about. So, uh, but to tell you the truth, I knew I loved podcasts. Uh I loved listening to them. So it wasn't all that far-fetched. And then I said, okay, fine, I'll try it. And then once I started, there was no going back. And now I'm excited. So what's your podcast called and what's it about? The name of my podcast is Just Wanted to Ask. And basically for because I've just started, I'm interviewing people who I'm interested in speaking with, finding out more about what they do. A Mm -hmm. friend of mine launched a book. She was part of my launch. You were part of my launch. It was great because I would have never had an opportunity to speak with you if I didn't have a podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about podcasting is the incredible people you meet and the amazing conversations you get to have. Yeah. So now the world is my oyster. I'm saying, okay, fine. Oh, I heard this person last week. Wow. I'd like to speak to that person. And then there's another person I'd like to speak with. So the opportunities are phenomenal. That's amazing. So going back to getting married at 56, was that your first marriage? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So you were single up until you were 56 and then you find the love of your life and get married. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Well, what can I say? My mother said I was a late bloomer. True. It was at my wedding. I invited some family friends and my husband went up to the gentleman and said, oh, it's so nice of you to have come. He said, I had to see it with my own eyes. I would have never believed it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for the record, I don't believe in late bloomers. I think people bloom in the areas that they're supposed to bloom when they're supposed to bloom. Like, I don't know that we have this kind of, again, set notion about, you know, you need to get married in your twenties or you need to do this in your thirties or what I'm like, you know what you do, what you do when you do it. (laughs) Right. I had an interesting friend years ago, I was in my 30s. And I was really upset because the clock was ticking. And at that point, I knew I was never going to have any children. And we're in the car, going someplace. And I'm telling her how upset I am. And I've had, I've just broken up with this guy. And my the possibilities of my having children are pretty much gone. And she said, Well, you know what they say about old eggs? And I said, what? She said, well, you never know what you're going to (laughs) get. So as crazy as it sounds, it was one of the best things anybody could have said to me at that point, Mm. because we don't know. Mm -mm. No, we don't. We assume that something is just the worst thing in the world. And then it, it turns out not to be. So I have lived my life since then, knowing that, okay, fine, this is the way it is today. Maybe, maybe this is a good thing. I love that. I love that so much because so much of the time we get like caught up in the way we think things should be, as opposed to being finding ways to be with whatever is right. And what you just said is like, okay, this is the the way it is right now. And I'm going to make the best of whatever that is. And honestly, I think that's probably one of the easiest ways to go through life or the most peaceful way to go through life. There's a book, I don't know if you've read it, called The Surrender Experiment that is written by Michael Singer. It's a fantastic book. I've actually read it three times now, and it took me that long to like that many times to really uh, ground into the message of it. And basically, it's the story of his life where he just decides to whatever life throws his way, he's going to do it to the best of his ability. And then it's this story where he literally goes from sitting on top of a hill, meditating to running a massive uh, meditation retreat, to owning a software company, to almost going to jail for fraud within that company. And then it's an incredible story of him just surrendering to whatever life put in front of him and making the best out of it. The first time I read it, I was like, no freaking way. I'm not living my life that way. The second time I was like, 
okay, I'm kind of tracking with him here. And then the third time, I think I listened to it on Audible actually. And it was like, okay, this is a really important message because so much of our time, you know, and so much of our stress and our anguish is caused by us, you know, resisting what is or fighting against what is or trying to control and manipulate, right? As opposed to being, let me be with what is and make the best of whatever it is right? And find my way, find the solutions, find my way out. If I don't like what's, you know, here, like I have the opportunity to be like, okay, I'm going to be hundred percent okay with this, but I'm also going to go and do this and this to change my, my circumstance. So uh, I think that's brilliant. Like a much yeah. nicer way to live. <laughs> I, I have spent so much of my life banging my head against a wall saying it, you know, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I have to do it. I have to do it this way. And then when I've done that, it's never really worked out well for me. Right. So I know that one well too. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you one of the funniest things that I was thinking about. I decided years ago that I needed to get an insurance license. That was what I needed to do. And I didn't do well on the test because I hate insurance. So I didn't do well on the test and I failed. And then eventually I actually passed it. So then I have to go and get fingerprinted because you have to get fingerprinted to have an insurance license. And I go to the police station, but they can't get my prints. So it was a struggle to get my fingerprints. And then I started working and I said, I really don't like this. So now I've I've gone through all of these things to get something I really didn't want to begin with. And the universe was trying to tell me something. You don't want to do it. You fail the test. You go to get fingerprinted. Yet they have to ink up your hand. And and the policeman says, okay, fine. Let's try this again. There was a message there that I just wasn't hearing. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really true because when you are following your passions and your curiosities, again, there's a lightness of energy that allows things to happen and to unfold. But when you're doing it out of a sense of duty or obligation, or because you think you should, again, the energy that surrounds that is really heavy and it's going to put all kinds of roadblocks in your way. Like you just mentioned. Yeah. That's so cool. So how'd you, how'd you meet your husband? Because I know people are thinking or questioning right now. I can hear all the listeners going, so, so how'd you meet her husband? (laughs) Um, I met him online. (laughs) But I have to tell you, a friend of mine said, she said, if you're going to do online dating, it's kind of like a job. You have to look at every single person as an interview. Right. And so I was on this dating site and... I learned very quickly that you have to look for the newbies. You have to look for the people who have just jumped on because the people who have been there forever, they're not really interested in meeting anyone. Right. They're just interested in whatever. So that's what I did. And then I expanded my parameters. (laughs) I was in New Jersey and I started dating someone in Philadelphia, it was about an hour, a little over an hour away. And then when that didn't work out, I said, okay, fine. Geography, I'll just expand how the distance that I'm looking at. And my husband was living in Pennsylvania. uh, And I said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll find out if he's interesting. And I invited him to a concert, we went to a concert, and then we went to an author's talk at Barnes and Noble. And we sat through that. And uh, then we started going out to dinner and I discovered that I really liked him. So 
Oh, that's so cool. I love that story. It worked out well. Again, you jumping in and figuring out, like figuring your way through it. I love that. Yeah, it was interesting. So then I packed up everything and moved. And by that time, I wasn't in brick and mortar anymore. So there was no way that I could have met him at any other time because having a brick and mortar business, you have limitations. And I was working six days a week. So now this was years later. And at the time, so funny, I was in outside sales and, but I already had my patent. And one day I said to him, we were living together. And I said to him, oh, by the way, I've got a problem. And he said, what's that? And I said, well, I have this product and I need packaging. He said, you have a product? I said, yeah, I've got a product and I need packaging. Because I was still struggling. I was still moving Mm -hmm. through the pieces of manufacturing. And then you do this and then you do that. And then you have no money. So then you have to wait before, or you have to wait for yourself to be ready to invest more money into a business that's a startup. So he said, well, how bad can that be? And I said, well, I don't know what I need. And he took the phone book out of a drawer because this was, it wasn't all that long ago, but we still had phone books. And he said, well, there's a packaging place not far from here. Why don't you call them up? And so I did. Now, this is a great story. And that is that I took him with me when I went to meet the packaging people. I don't know why. I have no idea what was in my head, but I took him with me. And we met with the owner and his father. And they asked me what my product was. And I told them and I showed them an example. And they thought that I was joking. They thought somebody was punking them. So you told them, so you tell these men that what you have is nipple covers. Yeah. (laughs) And the son, (laughs) to this day, I joke with him. He thought that someone was playing a practical joke, but he looked at me and I was totally serious. My husband's sitting there and he's serious. So then I could just see him thinking and he was saying, oh, okay, fine. So she has an idea and a hobby and he's providing the funding. Right. Right. And it was crazy. So they thought I was a joke. I ordered some inserts for my packaging. So I got that done and that was great. And now it's been years later and we're still joking about it because thousands and thousands and thousands of sales. And every time I see him, I say, I'm not a joke, (laughs) but that was also interesting Mm -hmm. because it goes back to women in business being taken seriously, moving into a broader, wider world, a bigger world and possibilities and how we navigate. Yeah. I mean, that is interesting because not only women in business, but specifically as an older woman in business as well, too, I think there's even an extra step of like, well, you know, and I've heard the story so many times now, right? It's like, you can't be taken seriously, A, because you're women. So sexism, first of all, and then layer ageism on top of that, right? And that they've had to, you know, women have to go that extra mile to prove themselves, 
worthy of the conversation even, right? Or to get a seat at the table, you know, as a woman, you know, in her forties or fifties running a business, like it's real, like ageism and sexism are so real. And, you know, at this time of life, like dealing with both of them as you're running a business, an extra challenge, right? That makes us even have to be even more in our power to stand in belief of who we are and we, what we want to accomplish, right? Like we need to be so rooted in that or so easy to get knocked off track. Yeah, but it's so true. And that's why I love your podcast. And I love the fact that it's entitled Old Chicks No Old Shit. Chicks no shit. Because we do, we do know shit. Yeah. I mean, we do. you know, people on the podcast have probably heard me say this before, but like old chicks, no shit actually was a joke early in my corporate years when like, I was probably in my like late twenties maybe. And when we would have new people kind of join the team, we would say, Oh, follow the old chicks. Cause they know what's up. Right. And then when it came back around to me, you know, like in my fifties, I was like, Oh my goodness. It has a whole other meaning now. Right. Like, cause it's not about what we look like or what we do for others. It's about all the stuff that we know, like all of the life experience and wisdom and knowledge that we have. Right. Like that's, what's valuable. So yeah. And everything old is new again. So, you know, young people may think they've invented everything, but wait a second, there's a piece of that that has been done before. So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So where can people find out more about you? So first of all, Edith's Broadisks is your business. And where can people find that if they're interested? Okay. They're actually Bezzy Broadisks. Oh, Bezzy Broadisks. Sorry. Yeah. My company is Edith's. They're Bezzy Broadisks and they can be found at Bezzy, B-E-Z-I woman.com. I also sell one style of Italian lingerie at bezzywoman.shop so they can find mm. me there too. Nice. And then if they've forgotten that, if they look at justwantedtoask.com, all of my information is there as well. Links yes. to both. Okay. So just wanted to ask is your podcast name and that is available on all the podcast platforms or it's available right now on only iTunes. Okay. It will be available going forward on other platforms. And there is a website as well, just wanted to ask.com. And that has links to my podcasts, but also uh, links to Bezzy Broadisks, uh, bezzywoman.com uh, and bezzywoman.shop. Amazing. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Like I am so inspired by you jumping in with both feet, making the best of every situation, learning, like never being afraid to learn and to try new things, you know, and you're in your seventies. Like that's incredible. Like you're an incredible role model for all of us that, you know, like just keep going, following your curiosity, do what you love and don't be afraid to learn. So thank you. Thank you for sharing this time with us. Thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure. So to my listeners, go check out Bezzy Broadisks or Bezzy Woman, I guess it is.com to find out more about Edith. And if you like what you heard today, please feel free to rate and review your podcast, this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so that we can expand the audience to more like-minded women who are creating their kick-ass next chapter. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.